On behalf of the other pastors, it's a privilege to welcome you to this Monday Thursday service of worship. And for those of you who are visiting and here for the first time, it is a joy to welcome you in Christ's name to this special service. I really feel that it is special because unlike most Lutheran congregations and at any worship service, we usually don't have a lot of people right down front in the first rows, but we do tonight. So this is great. And these people are down close down front because they are a special group. I had the privilege of, of breaking bread with them earlier in the fellowship hall. I think you might have smelled the uh, aroma of that dinner as you made your way into the parish. We had a feast, and it was the last session of Welcome to the Lord's Table. So we have 11 folks, younger members, who are going to be coming forward at Holy Communion time to join us at the table, and what a joy that is. Visitors, I've just mentioned Holy Communion, and you are welcome also to join us at table. If you are a baptized Christian and you desire to receive these simple gifts of bread and wine and the gift of forgiveness, we encourage you to sit with us at table this evening. I also want to call your attention to the other worship services that will take place this week. We have a service tomorrow evening at 7 our Good Friday service, and then our Easter celebrations will begin on Saturday evening at 5, and that service will also include Holy Communion. And then on Sunday morning, our regular 8, 9.30, and 11-hour serv services, and Holy Communion will be celebrated at the 8 o'clock and the 11 o'clock service. So I hope to see you all back with us tomorrow evening and certainly on Easter Sunday. And now I'm going to ask you to stand as we begin with prayer and sing our first hymn. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal God, in the sharing of a meal, your Son established a new covenant in his blood for all people. Grant that by the power of the Holy Spirit, your gospel of life would speak again to our hearts, feed our spirits, and refresh our bodies through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, the same Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We sing together hymn 107.
You may be seated. The first lesson is Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord protects the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I kept my faith even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my consternation, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving girl. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
Our reading this night from the Holy Gospel, according to the witness of Matthew, the 26th chapter, beginning at verse 17. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat Passover? Jesus said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he took his place with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed and began to say to him one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus replied, you have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter said to Jesus, Though all become deserters because of you, I will never desert you. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the cock crows, You will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. This is the gospel of our Lord. Amen. Three very different meals. A T-bone steak, three fried eggs on the side with hash browns and a glass of orange juice. How's that sound? How about an entire bucket, a whole family-sized bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken and a pound of strawberries for dessert? Or maybe you'd prefer a lobster tail with melted butter, half pound of fried shrimp, another half pound of fried clams, an entire loaf of buttered garlic bread, and 32 ounces of A&W root beer. You know what these three meals have in common? They were the chosen last suppers of three different prisoners on death row the night before they were executed. Now these men were found guilty of heinous, horrific crimes, and they were sentenced to death by due process according to the law of our land. Nonetheless, they were treated to these extraordinary meals on the eve 
of their execution. After years of the standard fare from the prison kitchen, these criminals were allowed to select what they wanted to enjoy for themselves for their last supper. And some of you know that's a long-standing tradition in ours and many other countries. What about this meal? One single piece of caramel candy. No death row inmate has made this his choice for a last meal of record. One little piece of candy would hardly qualify as extraordinary or lavish. That is, unless you know more about the time and the place this candy is enjoyed and who would be eating it. Some of you know the story of the pianist. You know what I'm talking about. The pianist is a real person. Vladislav Spielman, a Jew, a musician living with his family in Poland during World War II. And in this great drama, which is no fiction, but the story of his real life, everything takes on new meaning. Even a single piece of candy. Things take on a different meaning because death and darkness are drawing closer. Death and darkness in the form of the Nazi regime. And this Spielman family of six is being forced, like so many others, to relocate during the Warsaw Ghetto. And they spend all the money they have left. They pool their resources. They spend all they have left on one single piece of candy, paying far more than it was ordinarily worth. And the father, the patriarch, takes out his pocket knife and carefully cuts that piece of candy into six equal sections for his beloved children and wife to share. Though most of us, any of us, would consider a fragment of one little piece of candy as a real meal. It would be the last meal the Spielmans would share together before they went their separate ways, many to their deaths. When death draws near, things always take on new meaning. How about a little piece of bread? A small sip of wine? Not even a full glass. What restaurant could get away with calling this on the menu supper? Yet this is the supper of the Lord. Holy Communion served by Jesus Himself. Here Christ gives the bread of life. Here Christ gives us Himself. For He truly is the bread of life. You see, when death draws near, as it did for Jesus, things take on new meaning. And when it is the death of God's only Son, it means everything. In this meal, the last meal our Lord shared with friends before His death, He was serving them love. He was in fact providing them with life itself. He was giving Himself away. And He's doing the same thing tonight. The very same thing. 
And you should remember this, and I want the boys and girls who are about to receive their first communion to remember this. And I want your parents and your grandparents to help you remember this. The meal that we're about to share when Pastor Watts stands behind the altar and says the words of Jesus is not some pretend reenactment, some play, as we remember something that happened long ago. This is not historical reconstruction. Jesus was the host of the meal then. He is the host of the meal now. This is His table. You will receive His body, His blood, in the mystery of the sacrament. It is His life that we share in this meal. It is His love being served up. Merciful, obedient love. Made known perfectly. When death drew near, when Jesus carried His cross and willingly died upon it. At this meal, Jesus gives us more than we deserve. And He gives us more than enough. He gives us hope. He's serving up mercy and grace for sinners like you and me. He gives in His passion everything. He gives His all. And tonight, He does it again. With a piece of bread and a sip of wine. So this would by no means qualify as anything extraordinary or lavish in ordinary circumstances. It may even seem ridiculously frugal, even miserly. You call that a meal? It may seem so, unless you understand. And unless you come to this house of the Lord appreciating the one who is serving the meal. And it's not the pastors. It's Jesus. You know this. The sons and daughters who've studied for the last four weeks know this. It's His life. It's His body. It's His blood. It's Jesus that we're sharing. So you are invited to a feast, you are invited to savor the finest meal ever served. Jesus says, come to my table. Come, eat. Come, drink. Come to me. This is the meal He chose. Not for His own enjoyment. This is the meal He chose for you and for me the night before His execution. And though death draws nearer to each one of us with every passing day, tonight we receive life, precious life, the promise of eternal life, life that can never be destroyed, no matter what tomorrow brings. Long time ago, long time ago, a man born in 1483, through his rigorous study of God's Word, 
came to provide the church of every age with a very significant insight to this meal we're about to share. The man, of course, was Martin Luther, born in 1483. Those of you who know his story know he entered the priesthood. He studied the Bible, but he struggled so because all he could sense was his own sinfulness and God's righteousness, and it made him feel so wretched until the Holy Spirit, in a powerful new way, opened the Word of God to the servant of the Lord, and everything changed. A reformation unfolded. And Martin Luther came to understand for himself and to understand for the church in every age the importance of two little words. Two little words whenever we share the Lord's Supper. And those words are, for you. For you. Jesus says, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. Jesus was born for you. Jesus went to Jerusalem knowing full well there He would be put to death for you. Jesus suffered death on the cross for you. Jesus defeated the power of death rising from the dead for you. So as we have entered these holiest of days, in anticipation of our Easter joy. As you come forward this night to receive the gift of our Lord's Holy Supper, think on Jesus. Receive this bread of life. And think of all. All that He has done for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please remain seated as we sing together our next hymn, number 235 in the back of the Green Hymnals.